Just got back from Vegas during Weed Week where I was at a number of events, MJ BizCon, MJ Unpacked, Lemon Haze Golf Tournament, and the Alternative Investment Forum uh, where I saw 13 companies pitch over five and a half hours as an investor judge. Um, some of those coming from Peru and Canada, Europe, US, all over the place. Um, one thing I noticed is that there's a lot of disruption coming to the market. So Canada's growing at $6 a gram, US is growing at $1.30 a gram, and Peru and Colombia are gonna come in at less than 15 cents with landing costs, GMP certified. So uh, that opens up the door to an enormous gap in US versus Canadian profitability already. I mentioned six bucks up there like what happens when legalization happens disruption all coming up it's only entertainment welcome back to the talking hedge i'm josh kincaid capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast so breaking this down into something that's visual, there's a graph here from Viridian Capital Advisors showing the five most profitable U.S. and Canadian cultivation retail companies with market caps over 200 million and then their respective valuation multiples. So these dark green bars represents the consensus 2022 EBITDA margins for the U.S. companies and the light green bars for their Canadian counterparts. Each of the top five U.S. competitors they have margins that are more than double that of uh, Village Farms. That's the Canadian company with the highest expected profitability for next year. A lot of these Canadian companies came in with excessive amounts of capital. They plan to uh, feed the world and then realize like, oh, nobody wants our product. Uh, they overbuilt greenhouses, um, put in way too much money, and didn't even know the market. They radiated cannabis, sent it to Europe, and then Germany's like, no, nah, we don't do radiated foods or, or cannabis, so take this garbage back. Um, the poop soup you know, that they were trying to put out there for concentrates, nobody wanted that garbage. So um, Aurora had to write off a billion, $1 billion. <laughs> Canopy Growth had to write off $3 billion uh, for malinvestment. So yeah, a lot of people have since come into the U.S. to invest because Canada's um, bloated. They uh, overgrew for the marketplace, and now you have a lot of um, competition, and that has to work its way out either through global legalization or capitulation. So U.S. companies, they're already achieving similar margins this year, whereas Canadians are requiring significant advances to achieve their estimates. So the expected 2021 margins for those five U.S. companies average 91% as high as their 22 expectations, whereas the Canadians are only expected to have 2021 margins that are 60% as high as their estimates. So... There's something to be said about first mover advantages, um, whereas in Canada, they haven't quite figured that out. Um, they had an opportunity to scale and expand, but I don't know if the right people were in charge. I can tell you with Tilray, Brandon Kennedy, who brags about not coming from the cannabis industry, not knowing it and, and being proud of that, well, he was a sideways move. Um, all those suckers who put money into Tilray, um, they were just waiting to be bought out. And now that he's been bought out, he's happy. I'm not sure if, if any consumers are all that happy. The soccer moms are trying to sell their, their products too. 
Um, they'll go down in history as, as one of those companies that could have done a lot more and didn't because they didn't know the industry. And um, just because you know consumer packaged goods or you think you know online sales, you think you know technology, this, this is a culture. And people think of it as an ingredient or an agricultural commodity, and it is to a certain extent. But if you don't know that you're your consumer and who you're trying to sell to, you can sell snake oil to anybody once. But good luck having repeat business. So let's move on to value to revenue. The enterprise value to revenue multiples are these little orange dots. Um, and you know, with significantly lower profitability, you would expect lower revenue multiples, uh, but that's not the case. So Tilray and Sundial revenue multiple, multiples imply a value to earnings of 49X and 65X respectively. What does that mean? Um, you know, back in the day, <laughs> uh, you know, people would pay, you know, maybe 20x for something that was uh, either tech or pharmacy, something that had a high ratio of failure. Um, now you look at Tesla and, um, you know, they, they were trading at 1500% uh, of their, of their uh, earnings. So um, you got to take a step back and, and look at the reality behind some of these multiples. Um, and I don't think that they warrant the valuations. You got to be really um, diligent. Most people aren't. They don't even care about fundamentals. They're looking at a chart. They're just looking at technical indicators. They don't care about what I'm saying. <laughs> but the reality is, is these companies are going to crash and burn just like MedMen uh, because they don't have anything substantial behind them. When you're trading uh, a value to earnings at 49X and 65X respectively, uh, you are not going to be in business very long because people aren't going to put up with that forever. Um, when compared to the U.S. companies that are trading uh, at EBITDA multiples, they're ranging as low as six and a half times for TrueLeave and Verano. Um, you look at a high of 13x for GTI. Canadians trade at a range of 14 to 65x. Why in the world would you put your money up there? There's massive debt loads for even companies that tried to automate. Hexo, for example huge debt. I like Hexo because of the automation, but at, at what point is it crazy? Well, it's crazy when you take on too much debt and the automation doesn't make up for it. So I, I think there's a massive amount of um, uh, misallocated investment. I think that um, there's a lot of individuals who don't know what they're doing. I'm talking to you, Brandon Kennedy, and um, people at Tilray. In the US, it's not any better. Um, but, you know, when, when it's a hot market and a lot of these folks, um, a lot of these, these famous investors, I'm not going to say their names, um, but they don't do due diligence. They, they're lucky. They have a lot of money. And when things go wrong, they don't sue because they don't want to look stupid. Um, but it's been really interesting watching the market. So um, Viridian has difficulty explaining the gap valuation between the much higher profitability in the U.S. companies. So even with the increased acquisitions of U.S. companies by Canadians, um, they don't believe that this gap is justified or sustainable. Neither do I. Prices are going to come way down. Wait for the disruption coming in from Peru and Colombia at 15 cents. Uh, a lot of these companies are going to be out of business. You know, I was harping on Puerto Rico being that you don't have taxes in Puerto Rico, 
Um, they don't have congressional representation, so you can't have taxation without representation. Puerto Rico is the only place in the world an American can go and not pay taxes. And yet, that's not even going to provide enough of an advantage. Um, even the 37% profit margins they'll make over a competitor in California who does pay taxes, uh, someone coming in from Peru or Colombia is going to disrupt the market substantially. Canada is going to get wiped out. They don't even have the genetics like if they if they had cookies genetics maybe but some of these companies have nothing so really really interesting to see uh, what's going to happen down the road once federal legalization happens and you have massive price disruptions from places like Peru and Colombia cuz Canada uh you know I don't know if anybody told them but they don't really grow a whole lot of stuff up there so good luck with that don't forget to smash that like button on your way out check out these other videos that we've got.